Welcome to REI Spotlight with your host, David Schwan. Today's guest is CPA Kenneth Kastner. Kenneth, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Uh, Kenneth is a little bit different of a uh, CPA than what we've had on the show before. He deals with, uh, well, I'll let you you, you speak about it, Kenneth. What's, uh... All right, sure, no problem. Um, my main focus is uh, taxes in the U.S. Okay, so uh, I'm an enrolled agent for the IRS, and the CPA part is uh, actually um, in Israel. I live in Israel, even though I deal with U.S. taxes. And um, my CPA is something that I uh, that I studied for and received here in Israel. Um, but um, like I said, I've been working exclusively doing U.S. taxes um, for the last, uh, I think, seven years. And uh, my focus uh, is specifically on foreign investors, foreign people that invest in U.S. real estate um, and um and anything that has to do with uh, with with foreign investors and non-residents um, and real estate—that's uh, that's kind of like my specialty. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, now, when you say foreign investors, does it matter really to you? Does it matter much what countries that that are, they originate from, or is it just pretty much anybody that is an out-of-country investor in the U.S. is pretty much in your uh, field of what you're doing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, naturally, since I live in Israel, most of my clients uh, are, you know, live here in Israel, and they're Israeli um, non-U.S. people that invest in U.S. real estate. But I also have plenty of clients around the world. Um, it really doesn't matter where, which, uh, which uh, country uh, they live in, because obviously, you know, I'm focusing on the U.S. side, um, but I am minded uh, towards uh, towards the, uh, the the foreign aspects, meaning. Um, um, I will pay attention to to which uh, which country that person is resident in because you know there are different. Um, obviously, there's there's some countries that don't even have a tax treaty with the United States, so you know there can be some differences um, over there. And um, also, the local tax laws could also dictate how to plan uh, plan out and structure the the investments because you know one you know one one type of structure or tax planning that's good for. Uh, for a U.S. citizen, might not be good for a certain foreign investor because of the way he's taxed in his home country. So that's something that I'm specifically minded to, as opposed to you know local U.S. Um, accountants or CPAs that are in the United States uh, that might be less minded towards uh, the foreign aspects and the double taxation issues. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, is there any uh, specific, are, are there any specific entities or, or setups that foreign investors have to be mindful for? Or, or like, like I said, in well, we'll, we'll go for in re Israeli investors because, I, because of the multiple countries, but it versus how an investor in the U.S. would set up uh, something, what would be like a big difference versus, you know, versus a U.S. citizen setting something up versus an Israeli citizen that was investing here? What's something that would be like kind of different in that situation? Okay. Well, for one thing, um, there's a, there's a very common uh, entity structure called an S-corp, right? S-corporation. And uh, that's something that's 
um, that's, uh, that, that, that could only be done by a U.S. citizen, okay? A, a foreign person cannot be um, a member of an S-Corp. You know, just depending on what your, what your clients are coming into and, and what games, which means you have to stay out on top of a lot of things. That's true, although it, it's, it's not that much of a difference for me in terms of, you know, the taxes, um, you know, the creativity in terms of the different types of investments are, are something that I'll leave for, you know, the, the investment specialists and the <laughs> investment advisors. Um, but, you know, once it comes to, you know, income and expenses and, um, and, and ta- you know, the tax that comes out of that, um, it's, it's not that different. Uh, from one okay. one type of uh, investment to another, obviously there are plenty of differences, but nothing um, nothing that I you know that I have to keep too much on top of from the investment side. I have to keep on top of the you know the ever changing rules uh, of you know the tax uh, the tax code, depending on uh, who's sitting in the president's seat. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, what? Uh... Let's see. We covered what countries. We covered what taxes. What's what's some advice just for you know somebody who was in the U.S. that was looking for you know international investors. What's a couple things from a tax standpoint that they should really uh, you know ask their investors or or maybe make sure that their investors that they're talking to are aware of or you know something like that. Okay, one thing that they shouldn't uh, take for granted is um, is the 1031 exchange. Okay, because the 1031 exchange is something that's so basic, so natural, so expected from uh, real estate investors as you know as as the way to go. You know who who doesn't want to do a 1031 exchange, right? Uh, but for a foreign investor, it it might not be um, worthwhile at all, um, depending on how they're taxed in their home country. Again. Um, because you know, essentially, 1031 exchange is a tax deferral that the IRS allows. You know, essentially deferring the tax from uh, from the time of the sale or the exchange until the eventual um, sale of 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 the next uh, the next property um, or the next next property. Um, but the foreign country will often not honor that tax deferral, and they'll say, "Pay up now." You know, at the time of this of the exchange. Um, so there, there really wouldn't be much of an advantage to defer it in one country if they're going to have to pay it in, in the other country in any case. And the reason is because, um, because especially with the tax treaty, but even without a tax treaty, usually you can avoid double taxation by offsetting taxes, uh, in one country against taxes in the other country. So if in Israel there's capital gains tax and the U S there's capital gains tax, Okay, in the U.S., it's because the property is in the U.S., and in Israel, it's because the the owner is a resident of Israel. Okay, so they won't pay double tax; they'll just they'll get a credit. They'll pay the U.S. tax first, and then they'll get a credit in Israel for the tax that was already paid in the U.S. And they'll just have to, you know, um, pay make up you know, the a small, small amount. The difference, if there is a difference, exactly. Um, okay. So, so basically, you know, if, if they're going to pay the capital gains tax in Israel, there's no reason not to pay the capital gains tax in the U.S. also at the same time. Um, that's if they're investing as an individual. If somebody really wants to do a 1031 exchange, um, they would probably um, 
be better off doing that through uh, through a U.S. corporation. Okay, uh, because the corporation is not is not necessarily going to be taxed in Israel directly until the the um, the investor or the owner will take out dividends. So as long as it's in the U.S. corporation doing activity in the U.S., the U.S. corporation can do um, the 1031 exchanges as many times as it wants without it touching um, Israel. It kind of it, it kind of plays the middleman there and and plays the buffer until they until they withdraw it. Okay, that's a, yeah. that's a that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting situation. Now, would that also apply for you know things like cost segregation and that type of thing? It'd be along the same kind of the same lines. Yes, unfortunately, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, cost segregation is also something that's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, for for many investors, um, which is also essentially a, a you know a tax expense or a tax deferral, um, um, with you know, using depreciation and uh, accelerating that depreciation, um, but uh, but you know in Israel or in, in you know in the foreign country, if they're not going to um, recognize or honor that that accelerated depreciation, then they're going to end up paying the tax in their foreign country anyway. So it might not be such a big tax benefit um, because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're subject to tax in two different countries. Yes. Awesome. Um, if my listeners are, you know, they, they, they have some investors who is the ideal client for you. What, what makes a, a client you go, this will be somebody that I really can work with that I can really help. What does that uh, you know? What does that that person look like for you? Okay, well, like we said, it could be any uh, foreign investor, um, individual, or or company that's investing in the United States. Any any anybody is a, is an ideal client from that perspective. Um, what I also like to work with is uh, is um, certain companies in the U.S that have to deal with, uh, with foreign investors. Um, and you know, they don't know what they're doing or what they're supposed to be doing. For example, there's a, there's a, there's a, a word called uh, FERPTA. Um, it's, it's, it's a law in the U S from the 1980s FERPTA. Um, I wrote about it a few times on, uh, on LinkedIn, uh, in a, in a kind of like a humorous way, but, um, FERPTA is essentially, a, a withholding, withholding tax, um, for a foreign seller, okay. So if if you're buying a property that was previously owned by a foreign person, okay. So you can't just pay the foreign person the entire amount of the purchase price or the sale price. The IRS says take fifteen percent off, and and leave it by me by the IRS. Fifteen percent of the sales price, not of the profits. Okay, that's a oh. lot. Okay, fifteen percent of the sales price, um, and um, and that you know, and and the foreign investor um, can eventually get back that money, uh, or at least part of it, depending on how much they really owe, you know, uh, based on the profits. Um, but in the meantime, it's it's withheld, and um, there there's this very you know spe- specific way of of doing that in terms of the uh, the forms. And um, and the reporting um, obligations, and uh, if it's uh, if it's not done right, then um, the foreign person might not be able to 
easily get their money back from the IRS. So that's uh that's you know that's that's also an interesting topic that I like to uh, like to help people with. A lot of people are not familiar with it because they don't deal with foreign uh, investors or foreign sellers um, every day. Um, it is something that sometimes the uh, the lawyers take care of, but um, but not always, and um, they're not always um, uh, experts in in the field of FERPTA. So that's something that I can also help with. Definitely, the the the, the IRS tax man doesn't care where where you live. He just wants his, and he'll make sure that hey hey, if he's not a uh, you know if, if whoever this investor is, if they're not in the U.S., well. We're going to make them file some paperwork to make sure that they get that they've paid their taxes. So we're going to keep even more than what they're probably going to pay just to make sure that they follow through and do their paperwork. <laughs> exactly. That's precisely what their thought process is. They don't want to start running after people all over the world. You know, I'll withhold the tax and then, you know, talk to me later. I'll give it back to you if you uh, if you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's like, OK, you you uh, yeah, yeah, you. You're supposed to get this back, but we want to make sure that we get ours. So any of my U.S. listeners, which is the majority, just don't don't feel too bad that the IRS tax man, he's a thorn in the side of international investors just as much as he is yours. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but what's interesting is that the withholding obligation is um, is on is on the buyer. OK, so the U.S. person that's buying the property from the foreign person, they can't just say, oh, you know, the, the foreign investor, you know, he has to pay the 15%. I don't care. No, it's, it's the IRS wants to make sure they're getting the 15%. So they obligate the, the buyer to withhold that 15%. So if they forget or if they don't do it right, um, or if they don't uh, do their proper due diligence and they assume that the that the seller is a, is a U.S. person as opposed to a foreign person, then they can get in trouble with the IRS. So it's not just the foreign person, the, the U.S. person. That's uh, that's buying also needs to be aware of that uh, to make sure that um, that they don't have any unpleasant surprises later. Uh, well, definitely. And that's that's actually a huge I mean, you brought up a, a really huge point right there is, uh, you know, if, if you're buying, you still have to the, especially that to me, that adds a little extra thing on on the my checklist because I didn't know that. And that's, you know, um, make sure who you're buying from it seems to be a lot more important, especially if if it is is an international investor that you're buying it from, because, you know, if you didn't know that. And then, you know, when the tax man comes around wanting his money and you're like, oh, I gave him the whole 100 percent. And then it's like, well, um, we still want our 15 percent. And unless you can get them to pay it, you're on the hook for it, whether, you know, whether they pay it or not. Now, at this point, you're the one on the hook. Exactly. Exactly. So hopefully, you know, as as a as a U.S. buyer, hopefully you'll have a, a, a an attorney, um, you know, together with you on your team. So hopefully the uh, the attorney will uh, will catch that, um, and will look out for that as uh, as you know it's on their checklist. But you know, if you're not going through an attorney for some reason, or if you want to, you know, double check to make sure that uh, um, that that you're not going to run into any trouble, you can definitely be aware of that. And um, and uh, if you're not sure about something, let me know. I'll I'll, I'll hook you up. Uh, definitely, definitely. How can my uh, 
how can my listeners get a hold of you? Uh, what's the uh, what's the the best and smoothest way for them to get a hold of you to see if uh, you know if you can help them and and how you can help them? The easiest way is uh, through LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so any uh, messages that come in on LinkedIn is are something that I'm going to see pretty quickly. Um, you can also check out my my website at uh, www.kastnertaxsolutions.com. Um, awesome. And, and I'll put uh, a link. Email, I'll put a link which, for that. Yeah, in you can put, put a link. Too. Yeah, my email and the website. And uh, sure. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, for new investors, business persons, are there any resources like books, videos, education series, anything like that, that you would suggest that uh, somebody who's going to be, especially if they're going to be dealing with international, um, anything, anything like that pop out that they should probably, uh, you know, check out to see if, uh, you know, if this is an avenue that they want to get into? Um, yeah, they should just, essentially they should, they should follow my LinkedIn page. I read a lot of tips about specifically about this. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm also in the middle of, you know, writing up, a, a guide for, for us, uh, foreign investors. So once that guide is, uh, is, is up and running, that's, uh, that could be also something very valuable. Um, the IRS awesome. website is also, um, you know, a good place to look. Um, for for updates and uh, for instructions and explanations on on the various forms and obligations for different kinds of taxpayers. So basically, with that is follow you on LinkedIn. Um, if it's a couple months down the road, there, there there may be a little bit more, and then if not, just 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 get a hold of them. <laughs> get all together, and, and and he'll he'll help you figure out what you, what you need to know and, uh, where you're going for it. So, um, is there, uh, is there any other piece of information that you would like to pass on to my listeners at this moment, or, or you think you got most of what you needed to get out there? Yeah, I think there's one more thing that we didn't uh, cover something that's, uh, that is essential for foreign investors and that's uh, taxpayer identification numbers. Okay. If okay. Foreign people, um, don't have social security numbers, you know, usually on your 1040, you'll, you have to, you put your social security number, but a foreign person doesn't have a social security number and they can't get a social security number. So um, in order to have the privilege of filing a tax return to the IRS, they need to get some sort of tax ID number. And that's called an ITIN, uh, okay. individual taxpayer identification number. And um, that number is not so easy to get um, because the uh, the classic way to do it is um, to fill out an application, attach your original passport, and mail it to the IRS for oh. identification. So, um, yeah, most people don't want to part with their uh, uh, with their dear uh, original valid passport, uh, especially sending it over overseas to the IRS, and who knows when it, when they can get it back. So there are alternatives. Um, for that, and um, the the best alternative is to find the CAA uh, certified acceptance agent that the IRS uh, appointed. Um, there's a list on the IRS website of all the CAAs all over the world, um, awesome. and uh, these people can um, identify and validate the passport um, without having to uh, 
um, part from their passport for you know any longer than it takes to make a photocopy of it. Um, and uh, yes, I, I'm also one of those CAAs, so I can I can also help with getting uh, getting people ITINs. Awesome, awesome. That's a uh, I'm pretty sure that that comes in very handy with that with with making sure that people don't have to. Uh, you know, uh, I, the, the IRS has its lovely functions, but typically speed of turnaround times usually not their highest function because they're usually more concerned with trying to be accurate than fast, uh, which is a good and bad thing. But obviously, uh, they, they have given you a workaround and you are one of those workarounds for anybody who, uh, especially anybody who's listening in Israel. Uh, if you need those services now, you uh, if you didn't know before, now you know now where you can find somebody. Yeah. Uh, well, Kenneth, I have uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show, and um, I'll definitely have my listeners reach out if they need anything with uh, foreign investors. Have them reach out and contact you, and uh, I look forward to having you on the show again. And we'll we'll find some more new exciting questions to have and to. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll have you on again. All right, I appreciate that. It was a it was a nice ride, nice journey, and I appreciate it, and I enjoyed it as well. Thank you for Thank having you. me.